Here we are. Yeah. Episode 21. Wow. Start right in. Yeah. We can drink legally. Oh, oh, right. The age thing, right? Yeah. yeah I stopped it. The, at, yeah. Yeah. I guess it's getting old. So yeah. <laughs> we're getting old. Yeah. Hey, we're getting we old. Yeah. <laughs> so uh, today's episode, we have, have our guest, Rod Riddle of the Wasatch County Search and Rescue. Yeah. Uh, out in Utah. Um, this should be a lot of fun to hear about the different things that they do. Um, and hopefully some good tips about, uh, uh, how to properly hike and do things, uh, oh, yeah. recreationally. I feel safer already. I know. Right. Just talking <laughs> about that. So, yeah. So before we get there, yeah. uh, we have our uh, sponsor of today's show. Yeah. Solicity Cloud. Cloud. They go by a new name now with their yes. new product. We were talking about them pivoting. Well, they have pivoted. They're doing website development. Uh, they're doing monitoring. They're doing hosting, maintenance. Uh, and they'll even do digital marketing for you. Because there's, I mean, with the internet, there's a lot of hassle. Yeah, for sure. A lot of knowledge you got to have or you got to know somebody who knows. Yeah, you gotta, it's usually your nephew in the yeah, garage. Yeah, right. Um, but, I, you know, I'm excited. They're doing our website right now. Yeah, so, yep. it's looking uh, great. Yeah, the uh, we'll have that switched out probably next week. Yeah, and uh, you'll see a huge difference. So if you want to see what Solicity Cloud can do for you, look at our website today and check it out next week. Yeah, GoneTrippingPodcast.com. And, and the way you'll know that it's a new one for sure is at the bottom. We'll say "Made by Love with Made with Solic- Love by, by Solicity, Solicity Cloud." Cloud. Yes, so <laughs> that's right. Make sure you check it out. SolicityCloud.com. All right, here we are, ready to go. Yeah, and uh, got an exciting guest today. You know, I've liked so far how we've had a, you know a variety of guests. True, uh, true. I mean, all over the spectrum. Yeah, um, except they're all from Arizona. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> and we're not. not all of them. The last few have been from Ohio. And That's Pennsylvania. true. That's true. Uh, We've definitely been yeah. mixing up our even geography. the ones from Arizona were from Bali, so right. you know in Bali. So we need to get a map. I know we've been right? talking about this. Yeah, we need to get a map with pins in it so Ex- we can keep track. Exactly, which we will do. We will do here shortly. Yeah. So put it up on our new, almost new website. So. And uh, I apologize to the person who's having to listen through all of these episodes yes. to figure out where everybody came from. <laughs> yes, um, but we appreciate it. Yes, but we'll get a it map up me. so you don't have to do that. Right? Yeah, so. <laughs> right. Exactly. It'll be yeah. easy to keep up with. Yes, exactly. So well, today. Uh, we have a guest that's a newbie as far as a type of uh, traveling oh, yeah, aspect yeah. to this it. This is a new one. Um, yeah. So we have on the phone with us today, Rod Riddle with the Wasatch Search and Rescue in Utah. Yeah. Um, search and Rescue, really uh, interesting subject. Um, you know, I think it's, uh, I'm interested to hear what he has to say, uh, types of things he deals with right? Um, when they do search and rescue and uh, hopefully get some tips maybe of, you know, when a lot of people hike Utah uh, do whitewater rafter in Utah, do boating, Lake Powell, and everything's like that. A lot of uh, outdoor activities up in Utah. Yeah, and so uh, I'm sure he has lots of details, to, not just in Utah, but anytime we're doing stuff recreationally outdoors. Right. Rod, how are you doing today? I'm doing great. Thank you. It's glad. nice to be here. Yeah, awesome. Good deal. Yeah, thanks for coming on. Yeah. So, yep. uh, Rod, uh, you've been with Wasatch County uh, Search and Rescue for how long? Well, I've been on for almost 12 years now. 12 years. Wow. Nice. And, but you've uh, done a fair bit of searching and rescuing. 
I, I've done I've done and seen just about anything you can you can think of. Oh, perfect! <laughs> That's the kind of guests we like. Yes, for sure. <laughs> so, I, how many? I mean, I don't know if you probably don't know this off the top of your head, but would you? What would you guess uh, the amount of search and rescues that you guys have done in the last twelve years that you've been with them? Uh, we average between all oh, about eighty and ninety, eighty and one hundred twenty a year. Most of those are in wow. the in the winter months, because oh, really? that's when people are up here recreating. But take that times twelve. I don't, I don't know how to get a mathematician, but that'll tell you how many we we've had in the last twelve years. Wow! Well, so that's like you. one every three or four days. Yeah, I was gonna say lucky for you, uh, we have a mathematician on, <laughs> on staff in oh, cameras. So <laughs> and on cue, he answers. Exactly. True, that's true. Well, before we get too far, Rod, we gotta start with our drink of the day. Okay. So <laughs> today we got uh, a. Uh, it's called cider apple, Swedish apple cider. It's organic and it's from IKEA. Ooh, uh, getting soda ooh, from furniture know, stores. Yeah, I, say, I know Level Utah has an IKEA. Rod, you ever spend time there? You know what? That's I avoid it. Do you avoid, I avoid it? it? Okay. Oh, well, well, that was a good soundbite right there. Yeah, that was really good. Got these it cans here. Oh, that's another good one. This, yeah, there you uh, go. Yeah, it's open. So Cheers. Not too yeah, there. right. <laughs> <laughs> so we're gonna take a little sip of this, Rod, and uh, yeah. I, you know, last time I was in, in Ikea, I felt like I needed search and rescue. So this is actually yeah. a great soda yeah. for this. <laughs> That's why I don't like it is because you've got to go. I mean, there's one in, one out, and there's a big maze that you have to go through the whole thing to get to the one. <laughs> at, least they have, out and, at least they have arrows all over the floors to help you out. So Yeah, yeah. And, well, yeah, that's true. That is true. For the record, uh, I got these um, on a trip with my family, first time ever to IKEA, mm. and my wife couldn't believe that I'd never been to IKEA. And uh, Swedish meatballs that everybody talks about. Oh yeah, overhyped. Like I was, I yeah. I, like, and she was like, but. They're so cheap. I'm like, okay, I get that. But I was like expecting like some dang good Swedish meatballs. I, I think they're really good meatballs for um, meatballs served in furniture stores. Yes, but I yeah. don't think they're good meatballs comparatively <laughs> right. to all meatballs. Yeah, but it's uh, one of my favorite lines from Leatherheads, the oh, movie. Okay. Uh, it's like being one. the tallest midget. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> right yeah so um, uh being a world-class ch uh checkers player yeah exactly yeah. <laughs> there's Not probably quite. more checkers players though than there are uh <laughs> furniture true. stores that sell meatballs <laughs> well, i don't know ikea's pretty popular but if you're talking about well organizations yeah, yeah yes, organizations more than ikea right. yeah yeah so <laughs> i don't think anybody can really get into that market yeah well they do make a good apple cider uh, yeah and uh, i was gonna say I, I know you don't uh drink alcohol but um this is basically like apple ale oh, yeah. without the alcohol mm. that's what this tastes like interesting yeah and i've had well, norm i've had like other cider and it, you know you taste more cider and more apple yeah. this is a lot more toned down yeah just well, like an ale and ecologisk is i don't know if that's the swedish uh way to say it but uh we'll go with that yeah it's on the, it's right above yeah yeah, cider yeah. Apple. Yo, yeah so. i have no idea what that means but uh <laughs> very tasty i like the apple we'll have to get um a Swedish person on the podcast at mm, one point. Help yeah, for out. sure. For sure. Well, back to search and rescue. <laughs> so, um, the, so you said that winter, uh, is like the busiest, which I was actually kind of shocked just because I feel like more people get out. Yeah. In it makes sense. I mean, mm -hmm. summertime. Cause like if you are lost in winter, the stakes are higher at least. That's I, what I would imagine. I was going to say that's probably also specific to Wasatch County because they are there with the Wasatch front, which those who don't, you know, know about Utah. That's where Wasatch, the mountains are. Wasatch back. What's that? Wasatch back. Wasatch front is Salt Lake. Wasatch oh. back is Park City and Summit County and, and Wasatch County. Oh, okay. Oh, wow. Okay. Even more so specific. Park City, yeah. how many ski resorts are up in that area? Oh, geez. There's one, two, three, 
there's three on the Summit County side, and then if you join over on the Salt Lake side, you've got Snowbird, Brighton, Alta. They're they're all tied in together now, so you got six or seven. Wow, very cool. That are all tied together. And okay. are those like all on your you know quote unquote territory? Um, no, we don't have any ski resorts in Wasatch County. Um, okay. and that's a different that's a different um ball of wax in itself. They have they have ski patrols that patrol them, so they. We occasionally go into a, do an assist with them. Sure. If they have like avalanches that need need manpower, and we'll go in and help them. But other than that, we 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 don't go in so on your, the ski resorts as an as a occurring thing. So your winter stuff then is that mainly snowmobilers? Yep. Yep. Okay. Snowmobilers, cross country skiers, um, backcountry yeah. skiers. I'm guessing. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. I can't. I can't believe how many times I see people skiing or on snowmobiles. Um, without helmets or anything like that, mm, and it's like you're you're going correct. at extremely high speeds, and you're yeah. completely exposed, and you correct. can't see rocks and trees sometimes. Yeah, well, and so so and that's one of the things I know, like snow, snowmobilers and stuff. You always like seeing the movies and trying to outrun an avalanche. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, right, yeah. right. So so what is um, I guess t- a two part question when it comes to snowmobilers? One would be. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I've only been snowmobiling a couple of times, and I didn't mm-hmm. know if I got stuck in an avalanche, I was hosed. So <laughs> I didn't know, okay, what's the best thing to do to you know give myself a chance or better odds of getting rescued? Mm-hmm. Um, not, gotcha. uh, not you know that kind of thing. But then also too, um, what is your guys' procedure when you get called uh, like, hey, there's been an avalanche, a uh, couple of snowmobilers disappeared? What do you guys kick into gear? What do you guys do? Okay. To answer your first one, one thing that we require all of our, our snowmobile riders to carry on them, there's three things, in a, uh, well, four things, a shovel, a probe, a beacon, and an av- and Abbey Pack. Abbey Pack is a thing that you deploy manually when you get caught in an avalanche. And what it does, it helps you float up to the surface of the of the avalanche and keeps you up above instead of down below. Because right. one, one thing, the bad thing about an avalanche is once it settles, it's concrete. People think it wasn't. Mm-hmm. Snow's just fluff. It's not. Once you get that much friction and that much momentum going into avalanche, right? Once it settles, it's it's settled. Wow. And it's rock hard. You're not digging yourself out. That thing gets you up uh, as high up as possible, then. Uh yeah. And granted, it's not it's not hundred percent, but it increases your odds of survivability right. a tremendous amount. Gotcha. Cool. So we do require that. Um, the reason we require our guys to, and reason we yeah, the reason we require our guys to to carry a shovel probe and beacon is because hopefully these people that are that are prepared to go in the back back country they're all wearing a beacon and what that beacon allows you to do is basically walk up basically get on site walk up to the to the victim's location and then start digging so you're not digging a whole mountainside away you've got kind of a proximity of, of where oh right that victim right. is going to be and it, it it it's it's accurate i mean it's down to a foot Oh really? Inaccuracy. Wow. Wow. Um, Then when we get to our get to our lowest point on our beacon, our our lowest number, which would mean the closest you can get to them, then we start a probe line or we start probing that area, and that'll that's just a big long aluminum stick that you stick into the ground, and and you can tell a rock from from a body, believe it or not. Okay. Um, When you get that, you leave that probe in there. You you get get out your shovel and you start digging like a madman. Wow. Um, and the unfortunate thing about avalanches is that obviously they're in the back country. So getting to your second question, in an instance like that, first thing we have to do is mobilize. 
um, our dispatch center here at the at the sheriff's department. They'll send out a page to all of our our team members. Say, okay, we've got an avalanche. It's at this area. Let's go ahead and 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 go. Uh, at that point, our on-call commander, which by by the way is me this week, I'm on call. So you can uh, you could be getting called at any moment. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Matter cool. of fact, if I get called, on-call commander that I am this week, the podcast might only last ten minutes. Gotcha. <laughs> That's okay. At least it'll be <laughs> a very happens, exciting end. The signal's great, but I might have to go. Yeah, no, but for sure. What the, getting back to your question, what will happen then is that on-call commander will organize all of his guys. And at that point, it's a, we send out a hasty group and a group right after that. A hasty group goes as fast as they can to get onto that scene because in an, in, an, in an avalanche instance, you've got what is called the golden hour. That is an hour of survivability where chances are likely if we can get there within that hour, the victim will survive if he hasn't succumbed to trauma from hitting a tree or something like that or a rock. Um, that's the survivability. From that point on, odds go down that the, that the victim will, will be rescued alive wow so that's that's a real uh um, race against the clock there huh it is it is so we do train quite often about on avalanches just because it is a it is a real thing this year i mean in this area not this year is a real thing in this area and it's it's, it's important that we do that just because we have to know not only um location we have to know how to get there what the easiest way is and what we're dealing with in on our process of getting there. Also, um, yeah, go ahead. I was gonna say when you when you guys uh, are doing your uh, your practices, I mean, who volunteers to be the guide buried? <laughs> <laughs> what we do is we send up we send up a prep team. Mm-hmm. Um, we we do a lot with the Utah Avalanche Center in Utah, oh. and we 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 train with them all the time. Basically, um, we go up with them. They'll go up pre uh, before the training and hide a backpack with a beacon in it and they'll trail it track it up so you can't tell where they've hidden it and then they send us and we go find them wow and that's that's basically how we how we do our training and you guys are constantly like i guess surveying the area so you guys know the area yep Yep. wow as a matter of fact here in the next couple weeks we'll have a an area location training in, in wasatch county just for that reason uh we we had a we had a medical uh was it yesterday day before yesterday and a lot of guys were going, where's, where's Blood Lake? And so that kind of snapped, and we, we now have a training organized to, okay, we need to familiarize ourselves with, with these areas. Right. They're most likely to get hit, and then we'll disseminate from there and go down to the ones that are less likely to be hit. Awesome. So during the wintertime, you have, you, you, like you said, uh, you know, snowmobile, backcountry, skiing, cross-country. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What's, what's, uh, what's the big, during the summer, you know, we're heading to June now, what's, June, or actually, we're in June. Sorry, yeah. we're getting ready to head in July. Yeah. So we're uh, into July almost. Yeah. yeah. So July, August. Yeah. Uh, what should people look out for now? Yeah. What <laughs> What are your biggest uh, things you guys are doing now? Uh, right now, it's it's recreators um, going out and and people that aren't prepared, getting lost, um, getting twisted ankles, mm. um, falling off horses, a lot of AT, ATV accidents, um, unfortunately, and you name it in the summer. It, we we've got it. Um, during the early springs, we've got a lot of swift water. Oh. So we have a swift water team that we we deploy when instance, instances like that happen. Um, we have a high angle team. We have a dive team, and we're all specialized in in those. Well, we have groups of six or seven, eight people that are specialized in each one of those. Which one, each one of those um, events. Gotcha, gotcha. Wow. So so then um, with with hikers. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've actually, 
couple episodes back, I guess one of the first ones we talked about coast to coast AM. Oh, I'm yeah. sure you've okay. heard of coast to coast AM radio. Um, but it's the, it's, uh, they talk about the weird, uh, the, uh, extraterrestrial and all these right. different things. Bigfoot sightings. Bigfoot sightings. Yeah. So okay. one, uh, I was listening to an episode of it and all of a sudden I was like, what? So I started listening and it's this guy who talks about, uh, it's, um, he has a huge following online and he wrote a couple of books. Um, but, uh, it's like missing four one one. Uh, and it's <clears throat> people who just vanished, mm. um, in national parks and outdoor recreational areas. Um, Mm -hmm. and it's really interesting stuff because it's like, like, yeah, they turned around and then their four year old was gone and, you know, couldn't find him anywhere. And then six months later they find his pants and his shoes were taken off and they found the body somewhere else and different Mm -hmm. things and stuff like that. So the, um, but it's, it's really been interesting to me because, uh, I, I've always, I had friends that would always go hiking by themselves and I always thought it was nuts. Mm -hmm. That's crazy to go hiking by yourselves. But what are some of the things, like the biggest, I guess, what's, what's one of the craziest hiking things that you guys had to go rescue someone and you're sitting there going like, this totally could have been avoided. All of them. All of them. (laughs) Every one of them. Wow. That's that's, that's, a good answer. Yeah. I'm going to say that's. There's the few that, oops, I slipped on a rock and twisted my ankle. Yeah. But a lot of these people that go into the backcountry aren't prepared. They, a lot of them don't understand what can happen and they don't prepare for that. Mm. Um, and unfortunately that's, that's, that's what it is. So, it's a, it's a high percentage of the people that go in the back country that are just unprepared. So, so what are some things that people yeah. could be prepared? I mean, you know, we talk about, uh, you know, educating people because we want people to get mm-hmm. doing stuff more. So what are some of the things that if, you know, I'm with, uh, it's me, my wife and mm-hmm. three kids and we decided to go, mm-hmm. you know, hike the Appalachian trail, which is nearby. What are some of the basic uh-huh. things that no matter when you're doing the Appalachian trail or you're going, you know, up in the Wasatch mountains, what are things that we should be doing that are like ABCs of being prepared? Okay. The biggest thing is familiarize yourself with the area. Um, after that, I would, I would get yourself a GPS and not only oh. buy, I mean, you've got Joe Schmoe that goes down to Cabela's and buys a GPS and says, Oh, I can do anything. Now. I've got a GPS. <laughs> we have guys on our team and, and we do multiple times a year. We have GPS training just because, it's a perishable, um, so if you don't keep using them, you'll lose them. Um, and if these people, I mean, try just go out and do a geocache with your family, that'd get you tons of tons of experience on a GPS. GPS is, is by far one of the one of the most important things to have wow. when you're going out. I didn't think about that um, at all. I mean, it makes hot sense. Weather, weather and cold weather, hydration. Mm-hmm. Um, people don't understand. Well, it's winter out. I I can't get dehydrated. You can get just as just as bad just as dehydrated in the winter as you can in the summer. And hydration is a big thing. Um, so yeah, those are, those are just a couple of the top things that I would recommend familiarization, learn how to use a GPS, uh, prepare for the worst. I mean, it's nice sunny day forecast says you get up there on the top of a mountain clouds, start rolling in thunderstorm <laughs> happens. Yeah. You're screwed. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you're, you can drop in temperature. You can go from 80 to 30 and, in half an hour, which means hypothermia. It's so crazy how quickly things can change like that. That's kind of ironic. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and and I, uh, I when I was uh, up in college, had a couple of friends that would go and they would climb uh, the Tetons all the time Mm -hmm. and uh, not just hike, but they would actually do some rock climbing up on the peaks. And, Mm -hmm. um, but there was one summer, like probably middle July and a storm came rolling through 
and uh, there was like three or four guys that were out doing it, and mm-hmm. yeah, all three of them didn't survive because they got wow. struck and uh, struck by lightning. Yeah, or just they just yeah they just weren't ready. They weren't. Wow. I mean, these were guys too that, uh, and I, I'm guessing this probably happens a lot, Rod, of people who um, have been doing this all the time, but they still weren't prepared. Mm-hmm. And Correct, yeah. they almost got overconfident. Yeah. Like, I, yeah. People get complacent. Yeah. I, think. I, think that's I don't need to wear my seatbelt this time. <laughs> complacency know? is yeah. the slow yeah. death. You know, it's like <laughs> as soon as you you're under the impression that you totally got this and nothing could happen. That's exactly when something's going to happen. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, for mm-hmm. sure. Well, and, and so uh, waterways, you were talking about uh, how you guys have um, uh, do water training and that kind of stuff. What kind of equipment do you use? Uh-huh. Um, and, and assist, do you, how often do you guys assist other, uh, search and rescues in the area? Okay. We start with the waterways. You're talking about the swift water. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Swift water. Okay. Swift water is anything where, where you've got, um, category three or above, um, water. And, uh, as far as us, what the, the equipment, we have a swift water team. I'm, I'm on one of the members of that team. Um, we, we have in our, in our vehicles, a dry suit, a throw bag and a life jacket. And those three items, we can basically, with, with the rest of our team, do just about anything we need to do in the swift, in swift water. Um, with, swift, with swift water, it's just like a, you learn at the, at the pool. You, you throw a row go. Going's the last thing you want to do is, is jeopardize yourself. So you reach for them. Um, yeah, swift water's not fun. We had an incident <laughs> last year where, a, where a, a girl down on the lower Provo, just above Provo, Provo City, um, fell into the swift water. And unfortunately, mom went in after her oh, and started struggling. And unfortunately, a bystander went in and, and started and struggling. I think All three I, of them perished. I think I remember um, reading about that. That's yeah, rough. It was, yeah. It wasn't oh, a good man. one. My team was down there, and one of our newest guys on our swift water team, which he, he had only been on for a year on, the, on, the, on our search and rescue team, uh, we went in the second day because they still hadn't located the, the girl, the young girl. And... Um, they lowered the the water from Deer Creek Dam so we could so it was manageable, and we were we were going down through the trees and everything, and and this member was crawling actually crawling through the trees, um, just on some on some waterways, and he'd gotten freaked out because he there was a water snake that swam in front of him, so he he was already freaked out. Not ten feet later, he looks up and he's staring a girl, a, 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 yeah, he's staring a young girl in the face, and then mm-hmm. she was just tangled in a and in an underwater entrapment. Oh, man. And it, it's, it's not a good experience, but yeah, if you're, if you need to rescue someone, it's, it's important that you let the, the professionals rescue them. I mean, if you can physically reach them and get them out, that's fine. But to jeopardize yourself, it's not good. Right. It's not good. Yeah. So without a plan. One victim turned into three victims <laughs> man. on that one. That man. is insane. Yeah. And I mean, you would think that they would probably be able to do more from the shore. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and you know, the person, uh, I had had an uncle, great uncle, I guess that, uh, that they were on a camping trip and, uh, you know, he's telling the kids not to play near the water and, uh, Mm -hmm. sure enough, one of them falls in. So he took his boots off, jumped in and saved the kid, but he was gone. And it's just one of those things where you you don't have a plan and and it's where you guys have the equipment, those type of things. Um, and the training. Yeah. It's, I think it's about knowing your own limits. Yeah. Especially if you're not a very strong swimmer and you think you're going to be able to jump into this swiftly moving water and, and pull somebody else out. It's, I mean, it's a lot harder than it may look. Oh yeah. No, for sure. Standing still in swift water is, 
is pretty pretty impossible. I mean, right. you're standing there trying to keep your feet on the ground when you've got tons and tons of water pushing against it. It's 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 hard. It's hard. Yeah. So having someone that isn't isn't experienced with it try to do something. Right. It's it's not a good situation. It's really easy to underestimate water because we're right. around it all the oh, time. Yeah. Well, I think that's probably the most underestimated. Yeah. Activity. Yeah. Um, you know, hiking those mm-hmm. type of things. I think it's uh, probably a little easier to survive, but I mean, water just has so much power and it's so, you know, we talked about horses with Allie a few uh, episodes back and how, you know, horses are really nice, gentle animals, but man, in an instant they can change, they they can accidentally kill you. Right. Uh, Water just, man, I I have a a fear, a little bit of fear of water. (laughs) I mean, because I'm not the best swimmer. Right. But, uh, What's well, a logical reaction? Yeah, yeah, no, and and it's one of those things where uh, I feel like I have a decent respect for it, but probably because you know you hear a lot of stories and and uh, you know back home in Boise we float the Boise River, mm-hmm. and every yeah. year you hear of just really right sad situations where it's like why right. why did you do that? And, yeah, I mean uh, I, I spent a bunch of time in uh, Virginia Beach and uh, the riptides. People like think it's like some kind of mythical beast. Yeah. But it'll just, it'll drag you out. I mean, you'll be out in the ocean a hundred feet. And, before you know it. <laughs> right. And maybe you haven't ever swam a swam hundred feet before. Yeah, exactly. And that's not the one you want to find out if you can or can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Correct. Correct. <laughs> Man. So what kind of equipment do you guys use for different, uh, Yeah. What, what's like things? your favorite equipment? Yeah. <laughs> my favorite equipment is my dive equipment. Oh. Ooh. How much diving yeah, do you guys do? Got, uh, we try to get out, we try once a month. Um, okay. just because of schedules, we've got eight, eight guys on our dive team. Um, schedules don't, don't always jive, but we try to get, get out once a month. That's crazy. I mean, Oh, diving scares me too. I mean, talk about water. <laughs> I can't imagine going into it's, you know, world. Yeah. Well, and, and then, so I, I was checking out the, uh, Wasatch search and rescue Facebook page, uh, uh-huh. and was looking at, uh, some different pictures and things. It looks like you guys do a lot of training. Is like once a month you guys do certain trainings? Or, yep. okay. Yep. I noticed that you were doing it. Uh, I recognized some of the places you guys were going. So you do, you go all over Utah for those different trainings, right? Oh yeah. Yeah. We go for our dive training. We, we go down to Sand Hollow a lot. We have a yearly, a yearly down in Sand Hollow, which is down in St. George. It's, they've got a dive park there and they do a lot of evidence recovery, um, uh, navigation and that, that sort of scene. That's uh, that sort of stuff that's, um, associated with, with diving and plus it's warm. Yeah, I mean, it's nice. You can actually go down there and train and see, and not be up in Deer Creek where it's pitch black and you're you're freaking out because you can't see your hand in front of your face when you're underwater. Yeah, Ooh, no, I can't do that, no sir. <laughs> no. Nope. Nice. Do you do anything down in Lake Powell ever? We have, yeah. Matter of fact, it was we have a, a yearly training in Moab, some high angle training, um, and I think it was two years ago we got called down as a as an assist because. We have one of the one of the only three sonar boats in in the state, which means it's got it's got a big what we, what we call a fish, which which is basically a big torpedo looking thing that we throw off the off the um, back of the boat and drag it, and that can that can see bodies and different objects at the bottom of of lakes. So we went down there on an assist on that one. How um, far does that go down? With, that far? How how far can that sonar that fish go down? Clear to the bottom. Any lake in Utah oh, really? can hit the bottom. Really? But you keep it off the bottom so it can so it can it can read the, gotcha. the terrain and gotcha. Wow. I just know uh, Lake yeah. Powell, I mean there's places I've been that are like 
over 380 feet. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Deep, we would never deep. dive on anything that deep, um, mm-hmm. but we do have, when we go down on stuff like that, we, well, we invite, the, the county invites um, Summit County because what they've got is they've got an ROV. So they'll bring that down, and, the, and that ROV will actually go down and pick up the victim and, and bring him up. Then we'll send divers to, mm-hmm. to put him in a basket and, and bring him ashore. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Oh, man. I, I, it's fun. Yeah, I can't even imagine. I mean, because you, you basically you go into work every day not knowing at all what that day is going to be like. Correct. Yeah, that's, I mean, my life is so consistent in comparison. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> right. <laughs> no, that's... I think that's like the the weirdest thing to get my head around. Um, and if somebody wants to be like search and rescue, how what would you say is like the best route for them to take? Um, God, it's, it's an interview with the, with the search and rescue team per county and meeting with their sheriff. Uh, they all, like our county has a quota. We've reached our quota on how many people we can, we can have our team at this time. Sure. Um, so we've, we've kind of shut down applications, but that's what they'll do. They'll show an interest. We'll come in and bring them in and interview them. If they've got the qualifications that, that we need and that are beneficial to us, We'll send them to the to our board, and they'll interview them, and then the the sheriff will have the final say on, yeah, this person's good or this person's not good. Wow, so and it's quite the process. We've, we've got a good we've got a good team. I, and I'm not not bragging, but I'd say we've got one of the best teams in the nation, wow. just with all of our training and and whatnot. I was gonna say being in Utah with all the different stuff that's around there. Right. Um, I, exactly. I keep telling keep telling Cameron here that uh, he hasn't seen mountains um, until he's been out west. <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> there's beautiful mountains, and I got air quotes there for anybody that was curious. Mountains out here on the east coast, um, they're beautiful, but uh, they just aren't the same as uh, the ones back home. You know, and I know we have they one of the most popular, we have one yeah. of the most popular podcasts on the world. So I can yeah. say this pretty confidently. There's probably some shaman living on the base of Everest, just laughing I it know, up right? at you, <laughs> laughing it up at you. Yeah, probably. <laughs> Call probably calling your mountains hills. <laughs> yeah. Right. See how you like it. <laughs> no, that's funny. <laughs> no. Well, so, um, the, I was going to say, talk, going back to the question about, uh, how to, you know, someone, if they were interested in becoming, mm-hmm. is there a, like, you know, if, if someone wants to become a cop, they have to go through this train, uh, through this testing process right. and they get sent to an academy and they come back and they're a cop. Uh, is there, is it, is there a extended training after they go, okay, yeah, we're going to bring you on right. that they go to, or they just start training with you and kind of, mm-hmm. they're the last person they call. And let, until they get to a certain, you know, number of hours rescuing. No, no. If they meet our qualifications, um, of course, we're looking for people that can obviously snowmobile, yeah. obviously have a, a knowledge of the backcountry. Um, we're looking for them primarily. But then if we want to put them in a specialty, we'll do on, we'll do on the job training with them. So okay. we'll bring them on. If they want to be on the dive team, we'll, we'll train them. If they want to be on the angle team, we'll train them. Sure. So all of the, all, a lot of the stuff that we do is on the job training. So we don't have like a post that like um, officers have to go to before they can be a policeman. Gotcha. Right. We do a lot of on on the job. A lot of our stuff though is it, it's different. Well, it's it's area familiarization like we talked about before and and um, skill like like so skill. yeah so like you, you probably have you know somebody comes on and they're you know a really good swimmer they're probably like okay I do mainly dive stuff but right. they've mm-hmm. never driven a snowmobile in their life they're not getting. They're not necessarily getting turned. They're not getting turned away necessarily, but 
that they'll they'll be uh, their skill set will be used specifically for certain things. Is that is that safe to say? Exactly. Okay. If I were to interview someone that had awesome swimming skills versus someone that had awesome snowmobile skills, be just because of the volume difference. Yeah. I would take the guy that has the snowmobile skills above and beyond any day of the week. Oh, really? Yeah. I can I can train him to swim. I can. Unless you've had years and years and years of seat time, snowmobiling isn't something you pick up overnight. That it's, is true. It's a skill that you acquire over a lot of training and a lot of riding. Wow. You have to have seat time. Yeah. Because I used to think of like jet skis, ATVs, and snowmobiles as basically the same thing. But jet skis are crazy no, easy not. to learn. So yeah. yeah, I have to rethink. Jet, well, jet skis don't have brakes for one thing. Snowmobiles yeah. have brakes. Yeah. Oh, ATVs yeah. have brakes. And it's and it, if you if you look at all three of them, they're about as as different as you can get. <laughs> different skill sets, different sure. different things that you do, different leaning, different it's, terrain. It's different. Well, yeah, I mean, that, definitely different terrain. That's, like, well, <laughs> that's the thing. I, I just thinking of that. It reminds me of a YouTube video that kind of went viral probably like seven eight years ago, uh, up in uh, Teton area. Uh, this guy had his GoPro on his helmet, and he was just going mm-hmm. and doing some climbing. Uh, on, up in the mountains and he comes to a spot and right like he breaks just in time but he's hanging half the whole side of the top of the oh, ridge oh I've definitely seen that one um, disappeared yep. and like he basically almost just drove off of a mountain right into wow. a, uh, an avalanche because there's nothing but white I mean yeah. and you're seeing it basically from his perspective mm-hmm. it, it's invisible until he's right there yeah yeah and yeah. Uh, so you know with water it's supposed to float on top right uh, for right. the jet ski yeah with At your four wheeler you got you know what terrain you're on but with snow it's like is it gonna go that's away? a really good point <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah snowmobiles don't really I float <laughs> I've seen some something similar to that on on YouTube and on Facebook where the snowmobiler drives up to the edge. What you don't realize is that's not the edge. The edge is actually a cornice <laughs> if oh. it's on top of a ridge. So that yeah. cornice, if that cornice breaks, you're going. Ooh, With wow! It. Yeah, that makes those uh, videos even more anxiety-inducing. <laughs> well, exactly. so so exactly. I, I I've only been snowmobiling snowmobiling I think three times and. Uh, okay. Every time I went, we were like on these groomed trails, you know, uh, going. So it was nothing like crazy. And I, I did stuff that I thought was crazy because, you know, right. <laughs> I've never done it before. So I'm like, oh, that was so fun. It was like a little bit of a... Like a six-year-old going off one of those like four-inch ramps yeah. on a bike, you know, mm-hmm. like, Woo! yeah, flexing my oh, muscles. Yeah. Um, but then you have these That's guys, nothing. like I have a lot of friends who've been snowmobiling since they were like four years old. And and now they're adults and like them and their uncles will go and and they'll go up and they'll do the the thing where you go up a, a steep embankment and see how high up you can go. You know what I'm talking about, Rod? High marking. Yeah. Yeah, it's called high marking. Okay. Mm-hmm. So uh I know a lot of people that do that. Is that and then but I've also heard like, oh, and that's also why they get stuck in an avalanche. Is that tip I mean, what what, what would be your thought on somebody <laughs> who's thinking about doing that? <laughs> Uh, high marking is fun. I do it. Okay. But yeah, you've got to watch your terrain. Um, anything over 30% is an avalanche danger. But if you know, if you know what kind of, um, what kind of anchors the snow has to keep it there, you can gotcha. do it. Well, that goes back to knowing the air, your, yeah. knowing your surroundings. Exactly. That seems to be a pretty big theme. Is exactly. Yeah. Knowing what you're dealing with. <laughs> yeah. No, that's, uh, and you it, said, uh, 30%. Yeah. Uh, 30%. What? Uh, angle. Oh, angle. Okay. Right? Yeah. Okay. 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 Yeah. Yeah, no. Well, I, and it's joking around. Like there was, we were jumping one time right. on some four wheelers. I have a picture uh, on, my, on my Facebook page <laughs> from like six years ago. 
Ooh. And I went and I was like, I'm going to go full bore and, and jump. <laughs> <laughs> and I got some major air. <laughs> but I came down and uh, like cracked my rib <laughs> on, the, yeah. on, the, on yeah. the visor of the of the snowmobile. Yeah. But my buddy, we were cruising around like in this like uh, little, uh, uh, not prairie, uh, what do you call it? Uh, meadow. A meadow. Oh, yes, yeah. thank mm-hmm. you. Meadow area. Nice. And uh, my buddy's going around and we're like, you know, doing these uh, these turns, hard turns and stuff. Donuts. Yeah, <laughs> donuts. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, you see him going and he just disappeared. <laughs> oh. <laughs> and, and so we go and we found him and he's like in this like 10 foot pit. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. But mm-hmm. uh, didn't see, it was where, you know, a little creek was going through or whatever. Right. And mm-hmm. the rest of the creek was covered except for that spot. And, and, but he didn't see it. It was too late. Right. Boom. I mean, he just landed yeah. that thing. But that's, I mean, everybody, I think whenever, especially like motorcycles are really crazy to me because yeah. it's like, you're just exposed on top of that. But at least that's usually on like concrete Which, that is more or less consistent. Yeah. Until like, you fall on it. Until that's, it right. <laughs> that's where it totally sucks. But I mean, I can't imagine ATVs and snowmobiles. Yeah. I mean, you just have no idea what, what's going to be under you and five seconds sometimes you'll find this hilarious rod uh we actually outside our building um probably once a week we see this guy cruising around um on our property uh in on a (laughs) (laughs) three-wheeler were were those not the most like dangerous thing ever invented (laughs) (laughs) yeah (laughs) no i know probably a lot of accidents i know they don't make them anymore right they don't know yeah it's just so top heavy yeah no it's i mean (laughs) so easy to barrel roll yeah you hear about a lot of people uh getting smashed by their four-wheeler you know trying to go up some terrain oh yeah comes back right oh yeah those three-wheelers it was like five different directions (laughs) so but Um, totally so uh we know we we started the conversation off pretty heavy but uh what are like the great stories from search and rescue the time you know what the times that we're able to to make some of day complete and happy we've had we've had numerous of those times that we're able to, to bring someone home do you have a specific those are always, time always the, awesome do you have a specific time that you yeah, can share like with us where it looked uh darkest before the dawn <laughs> oh yeah um this one was this one actually caught public news or nationwide news uh must have been well whenever the when were the olympics in british columbia oh man 2010 Long time ago. Yeah, it was sure, sure. I think. Sounds, I should say it was ten. But yeah, <laughs> um, uh, they had the U.S. Coast Guard out of Char- Charlottesville, North Carolina, dispatched over there. And at the end of the Olympics, they were coming back. So there's two. You guys know what a Black Hawk is, don't you? The plane. The helicopter. Yeah, yeah the helicopter. helicopter yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, the the Coast Guard has has a similar one. It, I think it's called a, a Jayhawk or something like that. It's just the Coast Guard's version of a Black Hawk. Um, two of those were coming back to Charlotte, North Carolina, and they got in some low-biz situations, and one of them crashed up in the Uinas, and yeah, this is like we Black were Hawk able Down. to go up there yeah. and spend a, spend a week with the U.S. Coast Guard and, and the military pulling that out and pulling the, luckily, everyone survived. Wow. Um, pulling all their all their people out. That was by far the most memorable one I've had. I'll, I'll always remember them. Matter of fact, I'm looking at a, a patch on my wall that they gave us in, in appreciation um, for the things that we did. But, um, uh, we had one, we had one person on that, that was, that was open on the operating table for a couple of weeks, but everyone, everyone survived on that one. Wow. That's awesome. Um, 
and I totally it was, have. It was extre- extremely awesome. Yes. Yeah, I totally have the name for the movie that they should make about that. What's that? Behind oh. Allied Lines. Oh, there you go. <laughs> cool. <laughs> That's cool. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah, that one was fun. Um, we also had one a couple years ago where a gentleman and his buddy went up snowmobiling. Obviously, weren't prepared. Um, ended up spending the night up there. The guys had jean jackets on. I mean, it was a beautiful day, just like we talked about before. Yeah. Beautiful day. Beautiful day. Staying out a little bit too long, weren't prepared with the right clothing to oops, what happens if type situation. And they got into that oops, what happens when the sun goes down. Ran out of gas, got lost. Um, we went up the next day, found them, and the guy almost lost his toes. But mm. we wow. got both of them down and you know, alive. And, and th- 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 those are the kind of instances that make you feel good. Right. Um, the successes definitely, definitely children more than adults. Children seem to tug your heartstrings a little bit differently than an adult. Sure, so yeah, whenever we sure. can, we can help a child out. It's it's always always the gold. That's what we that's what we hope for. For sure. Well, I was gonna say just so you know, uh, it was 2010 yep. for those Olympics. We double checked that. Yep. Yep. We got it. But uh, yeah, so got that right. <laughs> the uh, um, the other question that uh, was, is interesting to me is. The, we, you've talked about, you know, the guy and he went up with his buddy, uh, um, and mm-hmm. I'm guessing one of them was a novice and one was a skilled guy. Is that right? Or did I hear that? No, neither, neither more skilled. Neither one was skilled. Okay. Um, cause most dangerous. Weekend warrior type stuff. Yeah. Um, gotcha. I, I, have I, a machine that have a snowmobile that was 10, 15 years old. Ooh. Oh man. Just that kind of person. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, and, and that's what I was wondering is, is how often, um, I just see it happen. I mean. You, you growing up all the time happened to me. Like you, you're with somebody um, who uh, does it all the time, and they bring somebody who's like first timer novice mm. and try to do mm-hmm. the same things they normally do with their, mm-hmm. you know, friends right. who know what they're doing. Is I'm guessing that's probably a lot of times when something something goes wrong. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, it, it happens quite often. Yeah, um, it, it always happens to me for me that way when I don't know what I'm doing, and I'm like, oh yeah, you can do this, and I go and I jump. I didn't make it across. <laughs> I pay, right. I pay yeah. for it, but uh yeah, so no. Um what uh you know, going back to the beginning of you've been doing this for 12 years. What got you in um and then we talk about how people get involved in that stuff. What what prepared you to one do that and one what brought you to like, you know, I'm going to start doing search and rescue. Yeah. Um just talking about that, it was actually my wife wanted me to get get going on some civic type things. And she got me interested in it, and from that point on, I, I've been in it from, from then on. And 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 then what? How how did you have the skills? You always just been doing that stuff since you were a kid, or? Nope, nope, no. I I've had skills in backcountry and stuff like that. I mean, I'm an eagle scout. If that if that says anything. Okay, yeah. Right. Um, I grew up. My dad was a forest ranger, so I I grew up oh, a okay. lot in the in the backcountry. Um, but to tell you the truth, a majority of my skills that I've gotten from search and rescue have been from search and rescue. Oh, with, their, training. with their training. Okay, cool. Wow, must be good mm-hmm. training then. <laughs> so, Cameron, you have yeah. a shot. Yeah, so. maybe. <laughs> yeah. No. Uh, it can happen. You can't see Cameron. Um, he's a little bit more slight of a build than I am. Yeah. So a little bit. I'm like <laughs> I'm like 120 soaking wet. Yeah. <laughs> you got you got big and little over there. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Gotcha. He can fit in tight gotcha. crevices though, and true. I cannot. So any cave issues, yeah. uh, spurlunking, yeah. those type of things. Those those um, are legitimately the stories that I cannot read though. Is like people <sighs> getting stuck spelunking. Yeah. That has got to be the worst way to get. It happens. 
it happens. We went on one just this last January where a group went down into a cave Ooh. and couldn't get out. No, no, I, no, no. I shared uh, on the a uh, uh, couple episodes ago about the the muddy pots out there in Utah. Oh man, it must have been like that, eight years ago. Uh, we had to bury the guy. Oh muddy man, muddy cave. Uh, yeah, that that one. Yep. Yeah, yeah, that, they, that one that that is no longer a cave. They've they've encapsulated that one. Yeah, that's that's so probably for the best. No longer a tourist ditch. That's just sad. Yeah, that sad. was super sad. Yeah. Spurlunking is totally. one of those things where um, I just I know how broad my shoulders are. Yeah, and uh, mm-hmm. that, that one's best left to the experts. I was born once, and uh, that's the last <laughs> small space I want to come yeah, out I need of. To experience it again. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, <laughs> no, totally. awesome. Well, hey, thank you so much for coming on the show. It was really interesting. I know you have to go. Yeah. Um, but uh, get back yeah. out there. Yeah, <laughs> get back out there. Uh, but uh, yeah. no, I appreciate uh, yeah sharing some information with us, uh, and hopefully, people really. Um, uh, don't get scared by right. the conversation no, the other day, no. but just be smart. And it's so easy exactly. just to, you know, that one instant go like, I'm not going to wear my helmet this one time. And right. our, our eight year old yeah. riding her bike. I'm like, no, you wear your helmet. She's like, well, I'm only going this far. And it's like, no, you wear yep, it all the time. Every single it time. just takes that one time. Right. Uh, and you know, sure enough, every time they fall off their bike. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so, yeah, but, uh, totally. and, and it's, doesn't and ch- it's not that much different for the rest of us. Just know when sundown is people. Yeah, <laughs> it's, exactly. a, it's a very important time to keep aware of. <laughs> yes. Yes, it is <laughs> that. And, and watch the skies. Yes. So. Yeah. Yep. But no, good deal. We well, yeah. appreciate you coming on, and uh, thank you very much. Yeah, definitely, and appreciate uh, uh, yeah op- the opportunity. And so. any, if anybody's in the Utah area, go uh, go check it out, but be careful. Yeah, for sure. Oh and yeah. What's the What's the Facebook page for Wasatch Search and Rescue? If somebody wants to get to know Wasatch County Sheriff Search and Rescue. Okay. So go check that out on Facebook, and yeah. you can see some of the training they do. Yeah, go check um, out the background. Ask some questions, I'm sure, and uh, yeah. Yeah. Appreciate it. And we'll talk to you another time. Awesome. Thank you. Thank you very much. Mm -hmm. And we're back. Yeah. That was Rod Riddle with Wasatch County Search and Rescue. That was really cool. Yeah, and, I learned a uh, lot. I learned a lot. Yeah, we were just talking about, uh, you know, how um, you have to kind of know what you're doing. Yeah, it's and, really important. And, and we talk about in life, you got to know what your surroundings are. And when it comes to outdoors and it comes to recreation and these different things, um, you have to have a good idea of your surroundings. And, and Rod pointed out quite a few times that that's the biggest thing is people don't know and they go in completely blind and they think, like, oh, well, you know, what's going to hurt? And then, you know, they start their hike at four o'clock in the afternoon. Right. It gets dark at six and it took more than two hours to do the hike. And then they're stuck in the dark. Right. And I, I think even more dangerous than going in blind is going in thinking, you know, like everything that could happen or oh, yeah. thinking you're totally prepared when you aren't. So I, I think, you know, and like you said earlier, it's not to scare anybody, but it's it's to to hope that when you go out there, you are at least thinking about it a little bit yeah. more prepared. And I, and I kind of want to ask him this, but I don't think he, like he had any numbers as far as to, like, I don't know if that's you know, something they would track, but like, I think it'd be safe to say that they probably have more search and rescue on people who think mm-hmm. they know what they're doing yeah. than people who are going like, I don't know what I'm doing, but I'm going to go 
look into it because they're more cautious. You know right. what I mean? Like, right, exactly. Yeah. And so like, um, I think my, when you go into a situation that's new and you know that you're like totally out of your element, your, yeah. your eyes are more open. Yeah. You're, you're just, you're, you're surveying in front of you instead. But when you're going out there and you think like, Oh, I've walked this path a hundred times, what could happen? And yeah. now there's a bear on the path. Yeah, like exactly. You didn't or, have your bear <laughs> mace. Like, uh Oh yeah. <laughs> and, and it's one of those things where like, uh, you can call me a weenie, but I'm always more on the cautious side. And so when I, when I go and do stuff and so like, and I think be, with outdoorsmanship, that's the most important attitude to have. It, it should be. And that's where I think that I, I would be, um, interested to find out if there was a t- statistic other talked about, you know, Hey, so people who, um, get lost or have issues in when they're doing outdoor recreation, different things, uh, they have a high level, you know, 10 years experience of doing this right. on a consistent basis and they just got cocky right. and right. all of a sudden they didn't, the little things that were <laughs> you yeah. know, important for you to do. Sure. You didn't do this one time. And the one time you didn't wear your yeah. helmet or the one time yeah. that uh, you, you didn't, yeah, uh, you left a little later that today y- and yeah. now the sun's down. Yeah. And um, then all of a sudden you're in a rock and a hard place. I don't know uh, if Ren, you're familiar or if even if our listeners are familiar with uh, DJ Khaled, Oh yes, but he's. Uh, I heard you like him a lot. <laughs> no, not really. <laughs> I think he's. I, I think he's a great businessman because he's made quite a name for himself for basically just yelling his name in songs. <laughs> yeah, but uh, he actually one of the big reasons he got like pretty famous way back in the day was because he was on the series of like I don't think it was Snapchat. I don't even think Facebook Live was it at the time, but it was like him like videotaping himself and streaming it while he was um, probably Insta. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, he was uh, jet skiing. I think it was in New York area. The harbor. Yeah, the harbor. And it got night, right? <laughs> and it's pitch dark yeah. in the middle of the water. And he doesn't know where to go. He's completely lost. So it's like a series of these videos of him, like, you know, living the life, being a baller on a jet ski, and then, like, slowly turning into him being terrified in the <laughs> middle of the water. <laughs> like, okay, guys, I don't know where I, I, I am. Too, right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> But it's like that, that to me is like what I always think of whenever I'm doing these things. It's like, okay, just don't be DJ Khaled. <laughs> yeah. Well, and that's the funny thing. Like we, we, you know, we talk about like uh, water and how it's underestimated. Absolutely. The fact of the matter is like, I've not been to New York Harbor, hmm. but I've been to some lakes where I'm like, oh, this isn't that big. But then you get out in the middle of it on a jet ski and all of a sudden it's huge. You're like, Absolutely. Crap, where do I go? Absolutely. I mean, uh, we talked about uh, um, uh, Lake... Uh, Powell down in uh, on the border of Utah and Arizona. Yeah. And how big is that lake? It's huge. Right. But it's skinny. Like you can see like the side canyons. Oh, but it's like deep. It's like in a can like all these canyons, but there's all these sure. like side side things. Gotcha. And it's funny because I've never been the one driving the boat the mm. three times I've been down there. But every time I'm like, how do they know where to go? Like I'd get lost so quickly Absolutely. because you have to you can go the wrong tributary and sure. it's like end up in a dead end. <laughs> And you're like, okay, well, I come back out. And like, yeah. there's a what bunch of dead end tributaries and then there's the one that has gas. So imagine like you're trying, oh, you can't man. sit there and be like, oh, That's it's time to go get gas. Cause it's not like everybody goes like, okay, I'm at half a tank. Time to go get gas. It's like, sure. oh, I got less than a quarter of a tank. I need to go get gas. And then they haul over to the, the gas station. Well, there's like the main place where you get gas. And then there's sure. the gas Island, you know, Oasis yeah. that's back in. This yeah. tributary, if you don't know where it's at, you're hosed. And I don't think I was ever like truly lost, but there was definitely like a very panic inducing moment um, when I was jet skiing in the Great Lakes, oh, uh, yeah. Lake Erie. Um, 
because you go out far enough from shore and it all looks the exact same. <laughs> it's all just like forest right up against the water. So yeah. it's like as soon as you're far enough out and you look back and you're like, okay, time to go home. It's exactly. like, which direction did I come from? Right. And you think like a lake, so it doesn't have a lot of water, but it's such a big lake that it has waves. I mean, it oh, has yeah. like a current Yeah. and you can very easily get yourself turned around because it's less current than an ocean where you know what direction like your shore is mm-hmm. where it's like, you could even end up like really far away without noticing. <laughs> well, you know, there, it, it was, there was a sad story, uh, that, um, Oh man, it must have been last summer or the summer before, but there was a family out that uh, had gone uh, boating mm. and uh, it got dark and they're out on the middle of this reservoir. Oh. Again, it's a reservoir. It's not like, it's not like the Great Lakes where you can't, like you're surrounded right. by the, by trees and different things like that. Anyway, they got disoriented and a storm came through. They got, they got, what do you call it? Capped. Uh, when the boat turns over. Oh, capsized? Capsized. Yeah. yeah. And it got capsized and uh, all the kids, like, it just lost. And oh. you're just like, oh, man, what are you doing? Like, it's getting dark. <laughs> right. Whether you're on water, land, sea. Yeah, seriously. And <laughs> like, so we, and we talked about like, um, really respecting water, but I think respecting your ability to see like yeah. bring a flashlight if you're going hiking it sucks it's heavy but just in case and like and you want to rely on your phone yeah you say don't don't like oh my phone has a light on it right like, come on except that's what you want to use to call somebody and if yeah. you're draining that battery oh and yeah. also if you're thinking it's going to be your gps too i mean it's we, not i rely on my phone a lot yeah but there's a limit well and he brought up getting a GT- gps and there's right. some like ones that are like 100 bucks yeah Handhold. Uh, yeah, and and that's probably something I looked into it a while back and just listened to. It. I probably should do it again, um, because you know, hundred bucks. It's not you pay a lot more for food you take camping. Yeah, once. So you buy it. It's gonna last you a long time. Right. Um. And uh, but definitely, I'm gonna put that on my list. Um. For when we go hiking and and do things out in 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 the country. You know? Yeah. So. And I know I know you would never do this, Ren, but uh, do not hike alone oh yeah i mean if you twist your ankle and it can happen to anybody you're 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 done you, basically. you might have a rock that falls and then gets your arm stuck between right a rock and a hard place yeah, 120 I mean, hours where do you think that 128 hours the funny thing is is that saying wait is it 127 it's 127 hours yeah, yeah okay thank you but uh that, that phrase right. between a rock and a hard place mm-hmm. was around way before aaron ralston oh yeah and yeah. and so and like, then he finally made a movie out of it. Yeah, but like <laughs> there's like literally like there's it came from somewhere, right? Um, speaking of which, did you hear about Pompeii and the archaeological archaeological dig? They found um, they found a guy, and you know Pompeii where he's where yeah, the volcano, yeah, yeah. sure, sure, Vesuvius. Sure. Oh, I thought you were talking <sighs> about the ride at Bush Garden. No, 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 no. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> Vesuvius exploded back in the day, right? And, uh, but they found like this perfectly preserved and it looks like it's out of the movies. Like it's a skeletal remains uh-huh. and a giant rock. that's probably like three foot by four foot. Wow. With a jagged edge, like decapitated a guy. Like, wow. It oh, like on, a cartoon on his, yeah, totally <laughs> a cartoon land on his neck. And so they found him sprawled out and he must've like been running and turned around to see it. Right. And just, and it's uh, put him back. Like, I'm sure he heard like the a linebacker. Yeah, yeah. I was like, "What's that?" Yeah, right. 
But the nice thing he never saw uh, Tom and Jerry, so no, he didn't know what that sound was. Exactly. Right? <laughs> the nice thing is, is it, it didn't. I mean, it was quick. Right. So that's. I, I mean, that's the way to go. It, go look it out. It's really interesting. I mean, it's a thousand years old. That's uh, the way I want to die too. Yeah, just quick. But it was like. I mean, it could not. It. I don't know how it was that perfect. Right. Way, like you just think of like, oh yeah, somebody getting crushed or whatever. I, and I really want to know. <laughs> do you know if he if he's on his stomach? No. No. He's on his back. Yeah. So he was definitely looking at it when it yeah. happened. See, yeah. I want to know if he was looking at it and he was like, no way that hits me. Yeah. You know? <laughs> well, I, I feel like it had to have been like run away and like turn to look and just like, you know, like sure. football. Right. I hit like a linebacker just right in the throat. And right. Like, right. And like set him Lights straight. Out. So he might have been turned, but when he got hit, his neck was there and it. Right. The oh, force yeah. Force went. Floof, right. And you ended him up on his back. Yeah. Yeah. But he was definitely not facing forward and, and totally taken off guard. Yeah. So. Yeah. But just crazy. Anyway. Yeah. But like, uh, I don't know why I got talking about that. <laughs> rocking a hard place. Oh, rocking a hard yeah, place. Yeah. yeah. And there, the there's just, there's the just too many things out there, whether it be poisonous snakes, right. animals, a beehive. Um, there, there was uh, two years ago, there was a guy just scouting for hunting. And uh, came in Mountain Meadow, and hundred yards away is a sow grizzly and her two cubs. Yep. And she came at him. Uh, he sprayed her with bear spray, and uh, about twenty feet away, and she came right through the bear spray, and just beat the crud out of him. Holy crap! And then, uh, yeah, he he survived. <sighs> wow. Gets up, goes back down the trail. And like a mile down the trail, try to get to his truck. He's bleeding everywhere. Mile down the trail, runs in the same sow grizzly bear, and gets the crud beat out of him again. And somehow, that poor guy. And yeah, he get back to his truck and was like, "I'm driving to the hospital," and like <laughs> half his head's hanging off. And it's just one of those things where like, don't be alone. He gets to the hospital. The bear's there. Yeah, <laughs> well, you know, <laughs> right? <laughs> uh, no, no would have been like as he's sitting there filming at his truck, like. Oh, right, all right. Like but, the car won't start at first, and yeah. then he finally gets it. That's when the bear gets him. Well, and it's one Classic. of those things where, like, you know, what they say. One of the things, too, is if you do get somebody to go with you, just make sure they're slower than you are. Right. So, right. Or at least trip them. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're smarter than they are. Right. Um, but, uh, yeah, so I just highly recommend. And plus, it's not as fun anyway. I don't feel like. You know, it's I find it very f- funny to think that your kids might be at home listening like, hey, he brings us camping. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Don't worry, guys. Ren will protect you. It'll be good. It'll be good. No, <laughs> He'll fight the bear. Uh, yeah, exactly. So, <laughs> no, I just, it's just one of those things where I, I, it just blows my mind every time I hear someone like, yeah, I went out and did this. It's like, hey, you didn't just go to the grocery store. Right. You literally scaled 12,000 foot peak it's a very by yourself. Game. And like that's crazy. And the thing is, you're up in those twelve thousand foot mountain peaks, and you don't know the storms are coming. And the storms gonna come, and it's too late. Like, yeah. And so you have to like go and find something. Really? I mean, it, so, like literally anything that happens that slows you down any mm-hmm. considerable amount of time. I mean, you're not getting back by uh, sunset. You're yeah. you're out there at night. It is really cold now. Like it's just it's too many things to and happen. That if you had somebody there, in numbers. Right. If you had somebody there, they can at least they could. Get home. They could get to a spot and make a call. They yeah. can do something for you. One of the cool places in Idaho is called Loon Lake. It's this lake that you got to hike a cool into. Name. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, I found like everywhere out west, at least there's a Loon Lake <laughs> somewhere. But Loon Lake in Idaho, um, and it's it's a famous lake for Idahoans, at least. 
um, because there still remains like a B-52 bomber or something. Oh. Some plane from like the 1950s uh, warplane. And um, a couple guys were in it and uh, they went down in the middle of winter, like hmm. talking 12 foot of snow type thing. And uh, so they land on Loon Lake and slid <laughs> and went through the trees wings are ripped off so you can go actually get in the cockpit oh really and there's pieces like shrapnel of this plane all over the place that's insane because like, it's in the middle of nowhere like you have to it's like a four mile hike or something like that i feel like that's the beginning it. of a couple video games i've right played. yeah <laughs> and uh you wake up in a plane <laughs> <laughs> and like it's covered like the area is like around, surrounded by marsh and different things and yeah so these they land they landed there uh wrecked right. the plane um, one of the guys was mobile and the other guy was not mobile. And so because there was two of them, the one that wasn't mobile was able to pull right. out the guy that was mobile, wasn't mobile. Right. And, um, both of them ended up getting rescued. Um, See, but like if it was one guy and he was, right. and it was the non-mobile guy, like he's hosed. Right. Like he's you gotta have a co-pilot. Cause nobody's going to find him there. They and don't have two pilots in that thing. Cause it takes two people to fly a plane. Yeah, it barely exactly. takes one person to fly a plane it's, nowadays with exactly. computers. It's, to, somebody it's have just your back. in case. Somebody have your back. <laughs> right. So, being prepared. They, yeah. uh, and they still do this. Uh, pilots won't eat the same meal on yeah. planes. Just in case there's something wrong with one of the meals, they're sense. not both going to get taken down. That's the movie airplane, right? That started that with uh, the fish was bad or something oh like that. yeah i don't know if that's where it started or if that joke was done because of because that because of that yeah but uh definitely related we'll have to chicken or egg we'll have to find that out yeah we'll have to find that put in the out. show notes yeah so. that's gonna be tough exactly <laughs> what came first well yeah i could probably find out okay when did they start not yeah uh uh eating the same meal yeah sure you can find that somewhere so anyway well that was a fun show yeah uh, hopefully you guys learned something hopefully you didn't get scared Right. And if anything, um, hopefully you got uh, uh, the will to now make sure you're prepared right. when you go do those things. And um, always be cautious. Right. Have the caution, the safe side. And you can still have fun doing that. So. Yeah. And I feel like this this episode and the last two, I mean, it's it's been kind of this theme of like being prepared, making sure what you're doing so that you can have that maximum amount of fun yes. that, you're, that you are looking for. Exactly. To have that actual adventure where it doesn't end up where you're on a bike, uh, <laughs> two flat tires in the middle of nowhere, no lights, no provisions, you yeah. know, nothing. And that, that turns a trip into like your biggest mistake. And you don't want that. You can get two flat tires as long as you have a cooler full of food in your car. Like, right. I've done, I've been there. Right. Done that. Easy peasy. Or and if you got a uh, cell phone, yeah. you know, with a signal, yeah. you're good. Yeah. And there's things out there that like, you know, um, you always probably heard of like always have a bottle of water in your mm-hmm. car. Right. Um, you know, there, there's always different things that you should be doing. Oh, but on that, uh, don't do like a plastic bottle. No, oh, yeah. Like not like a cheap, like a, uh, like deer park, like plastic bottle. Yeah. Cause when your car gets hot enough, it, that plastic will start to seep into the water. Yeah. And it's like, you're not going to care about the taste as At much when point, you're like, yeah, but, like desperate for it. But if you're going to do it, yeah, you might do well. it right. Get like a metal thermos, <laughs> you know, something that's going to keep it nice exactly. and cool. And well, that, or at least change it out every three months. Yeah, definitely like, change it every out. Every time you change your oil. Change your water. <laughs> change your That's water. That's your car. That should honestly be like a thing. In we'll cars. make a bumper sticker. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when was the last time you changed your water? Yeah, exactly. But uh, patented. Exactly. Don't steal it, listeners. Don't do it. <laughs> but anyway. Yeah. We digress. Ooh. I always love that one. Oh my digress. gosh. That was pretty cool. Whatever yeah, that you was just gross. Did. That was my nose. <laughs> well, on that note. Allergy season, <laughs> <yeah>. people. Yes. <laughs> 
take some good allergy medication and go enjoy the outdoors yeah and be safe if you're not safe give your rescue team a call and uh, they'll be there that's what they're there for that's what they're trained for have a good weekend guys yep that's the name of the game exactly peace be the journey Con tripping my wagon near and I Con tripping reading the road signs Con tripping one playlist at a time Con tripping odometers ticking My mountain dew and a Red Bull sipping I'm a road warrior on a mission You won't find me just sitting home wishing Cause I